Bye to the haters, they all wanna stay basic You winning everything you do, that's why they hate it They know that you the queen beat and a boss bitch If you on the losing team, go ahead, make the switch Don't act broke, I'll be a floozy, stay tight And make sure you get what you want out of life Girl Speaks Truth with Gemma Stone Hey guys, Gemma Stone here with Girl Speaks Truth, a podcast that gives you life advice that is relevant, brutally honest, and hopefully it makes you laugh while listening. Um, today, we are going to be talking about things that you are doing wrong or issues that you have when it comes to either when you're first starting out dating someone or just relationships in general, or really honestly, just life in general, things that you need to kind of work on, things that I need to work on, things that are common problems for us women in today's world. For example, we're going to talk about how you know, when you're overanalyzing when to sleep with him or when your imagination runs wild, when he doesn't answer right away and you, your mind goes to all kinds of crazy leaps and bounds. But in reality, there's either nothing happening or there is, but there's nothing you can do about it. We're going to talk about how you leave no mystery, whether it comes to, you know, mainly when it comes to relationships and especially when you're first starting out, because you want to get to know someone, but at the same time, you don't want to give everything away at day one. You want to spread it out and let it kind of develop naturally. Um, we're going to talk about how you are selling yourself short in life that you don't really know how to give like your, your pit, your, your highlight reel, if you will. We're also going to talk about how maybe you avoid conflict or you're a stalker online. Just all of these issues that we find that we have to deal with. And we're going to talk about the solution to them. So we're going to solve all your problems basically and give you a roadmap to being the coolest bitch in town. Let's get started. Three, two, one, let's go. Okay. So starting off the list, we're going to talk about how you are overanalyzing when to sleep with them. You don't know when to sleep with them. Therefore you stress about it and end up either making the wrong decision or coming across as weird and paranoid because you're so busy worrying about it. People always tell you that it's about timing. You know, the exact moment that you decide to show him your vagina could be the difference between a one night stand and a lifetime of love. This pressure can lead to a lot of postcoital guilt and prequital blue lady balls and stress. It also leads to a lot of strange rationalizing that just does not make sense to anyone. Girls find themselves saying things like, uh, I'll come home with you, but nothing is going to happen. I've been guilty of that one. Everyone has, I feel like. Your brain splits off in a million different directions as if this were like a, a math problem, a sexual math problem. The rate by which he answers text messages minus the number of minutes he was late to our date times how much he spent so far plus flowers received and other odds and ends plus number of total dates divided by blah, blah, blah. It just turns into this big, long ordeal. You fail to live in the moment and do your thing and let it happen if you want to. Don't if you don't. Like a guy, essentially, they have that part of life down pretty pat. They don't give a shit or worry about when, how, where, what's going to go on with it, planning it out to sleep with you. It just, they're just ready and willing for the most part, most of the time, but they also just kind of go with the flow. You, you want to just allow your instinct 
to make the choice about when the right time is to sleep with the guy. There's no specific timeline you follow or pattern of behavior, nothing like that. It's up to you and it should be subjective and kind of almost style flexing per guy. Moral of the story should be to don't have sex if you, if you want, have sex and enjoy whatever you're comfortable with, just do it. Do you know how many times a guy has heard a girl say, I swear I never do this. Maybe you really have never done this, but if you're doing this now, it really doesn't matter. And they don't give a shit whether it's the first time, the 10th time or the hundredth time, maybe it's the hundredth to the guy. Want to know what doesn't sound, make you sound like a whore? Just owning it. If you feel the connection and you, or, or, and, or you just really want to have sex, then have sex, make it your choice and don't preface it with this weird guilt dance. It makes the guy feel weird and it makes you look like someone who doesn't have the confidence in her own decisions, which isn't attractive to anyone in any aspect of life. If you're genuinely feeling guilty about having sex too soon, or you're really, really worried about it, you probably aren't actually ready to do it and you should just wait. There's no shame in that girl. In fact, here's a bit of trivia for you. Lucky you. If you lose your virginity late in life, you will develop amazeballs blowjob skills. Kind of like how blind people just naturally hone their sense of hearing. You know what I mean? So just work on that and do what you do. And who cares about the timeline of when you sleep with them? Another thing you might be doing wrong in romance and the matters of the heart is you leave no mystery. You give up too much too fast. Everyone likes a chase, you guys, okay? But it's impossible to chase something that is constantly charging toward you like a rhinoceros with information. If something comes too easy, it's human nature to think there must be something wrong with it and become skeptical. Would you take a job if you didn't have an interview for it? If you didn't have to? No, maybe, but most people know. That company is Despro. Hello. Would you take those free concert tickets from guys, a pack of guys who harass you in Times Square? No. The concert probably sucks or their creepers are going to murder you afterwards. Would you join a sorority that doesn't make you rush? No. That sorority is for girls with sideburns and love handles. Life has hopefully taught you that you need to work for anything worthwhile. Moral of the story here is that you should be a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. And this time when everyone feels the need to share everything with everyone, it can be hard to retrain your brain to hold some, for the love of God, stuff back when you start dating someone. How will he know what a huge philanthropist you are unless you hit that handy dandy little share button after donating money to malnourished guinea pigs on whatever? If you think you're lacking some mystery, let's go over a few guidelines to getting it back. Number one, don't over explain. He asks you out, but you can't make it. Don't worry. You don't want to be too available anyway. See, that's part of the chase. But you strip away any silver lining from this rain cloud of conflicting plans when you then decide to give him a play-by-play of what you are doing instead. 
There is nothing, and I repeat nothing, wrong with a simple, oh no, I can't, I have plans. Would blah 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 work instead? You're interested in him, but you have other things going on. Perfect. Guys like that. Where you go wrong is when you respond, oh no, I can't because I have happy hour drinks with my coworkers at, at five after work and then dinner with my roomie at seven, seven o'clock. And, and then I'm going to my friend Ashley's birthday party at, at 12, at 11, whatever. I feel like, you know, I feel like I haven't really been a good friend to her lately. So I probably won't even have to stay till the end, but it's not going to be over till like 3 a.m. Shut the fuck uh, up. Keep it simple. Maybe you're worried he'll think you're lying, not interested, or you want it documented where you'll be throughout the night in case you get abducted, which is weird. Whatever the reason is, stop. Just respond simply without maximum detailing. Number two, let the convo rest. You have interesting opinions on everything from how to solve world hunger to where the best tapas bar is in your city. Have conversations about that. Don't bore a guy you just started dating by texting him throughout the day when you don't have anything at all to say. If you think that if he's talking to you, that he can't can't be talking to another girl, like if that's your reasoning why that you're texting him just to keep him occupied, you're wrong. This is the one case where men will always be very good at multitasking and juggling. Think about it. Do you talk to your mom every day? Probably not every day. And she won't stop calling you. See, it works. Leave him wanting more. Leave him feeling curious. Let him chase you and sleep. Be normal. Okay, how about this issue? You may be... It might not be you that's the problem. Maybe you're dating a man-child. One of those guys who's a little bit late to mature, if you know what I mean. There are grown-ups with childish tendencies who generally have it together. Okay? Maybe that's a category that you fall under at times. And then there's a separate category called the man-child. After your first interaction with the man-child, you will feel so confident in your own maturity that you immediately go out and like do something very adulting, like take out a mortgage on a home and start saying grown-up things like Dow Jones and paint swatches. Man-children is an epidemic, y'all. Behind even the most charming, well-manicured, gorgeous exterior can reside a bona fide futon sleeping, mommy loving, cereal for dinner eating, man child. Lazy, spoiled, and emotionally slow. They often wind up with the sort of girls who have a very nurturing side. They lure women in with what is perceived as a cool, laid-back attitude, surfer dude style, and a goofy inability to focus on anything for very long. These guys are indulged until they regress past all major stages in life, and what you're left with is a boyfriend with the interest and personal hygiene of a tween, if that, okay? That's not good. Point here is that you don't want to be the fool by dating a fool, essentially. You probably don't want to spend your life either raising raising a man-child. In some cases, a good woman can show a man-child the error of his foolish ways, and he'll eventually get past this phase of his life and maybe even get an actual job and a haircut and learn some life valuable lessons along the way. 
most likely that you teach him. But the probability here is that if you start dating a guy who still sleeps in a bunk bed at his parents' house, you'll find yourself tumbling from the top bunk two years later, breaking your leg, and cursing the day you ever met this dude. This is why entering into a relationship with the hope of changing someone is almost always a bad move. You want to be honest with a guy about what you're looking for, but more importantly, be honest with yourself. You might be at the stage in your life where you're not all that worried about the future. The easygoing, non-committal, occasionally pot-smoking aspects of a man-child might be exactly what you're looking for right now. In that case, just ride your happy little ass off into the sunset with your Seth Rogen Twinkie. <laughs> Let's put on our hypothetical situations cap and go over the following dinner date to know if you may be dating a man child or not. You sit there nervously squirming in one of those fancy Italian restaurants with a name you can't pronounce that your blind date has picked out for y'all's first date. The only thing you recognize on the menu is quail eggs and ugh, no thank you. You look down at your chipped blue nail polish. Remember, you probably left your straightener plugged in at home and think, oh my God, I am not grown up enough to deal. Carter, dressed in a gorgeous charcoal suit, saunters your way. His skin glows, his hair is parted and coiffed perfectly to the left, and he towers over all the other people in the restaurant. He's tall. Score! You guys have sent a couple texts back and forth up to this point, and you've seen photos of him that your mutual friend showed you, but holy shit, he is so much more than you were expecting, and you haven't even said a word to each other yet. He knows everyone at the restaurant and does one of those pointy trigger finger salutes to the head waiter, which is pretty it's pretty attractive to you. You like a good social butterfly. He arrives at your table and you extend your hand. So nice to meet you. I've heard such great things, you say. He tugs at the edge of his jacket and shuffles his feet, mumbling something completely inaudible. Sorry, what was that? You ask. Use your words or no dessert. Some passing waiter barks at him. He flinches and manages to sputter out, nice to meet you too. You look around the restaurant to see if you're living in a dream world and if anyone else has noticed this bizarre-ass exchange. Just as you begin to consider something might be up with this, Carter flashes a pair of big old baby blue eyes your way, and your heart just melts. He flags down the waiter and orders two of the usual. Oh, the usual, huh? You repeat. I like a man who takes charge of a situation. As you gently place your hand on his, the waiter plops down two boxes of Crayola crayons. This, apparently, is the usual. Carter notices the look on your face, which is perplexed, to put it nicely, and assures you, only the best when you're with me. This box is from 1994. A very good year. Women mature a little faster than men. That's what they always say, isn't it? You silently remind yourself. As Carter doodles what looks to be a space alien pig hybrid combo monster on the back of his placemat, you can't help but ask, 
what is it you do again? I'm an investment banker. Fine. Okay. So he's good with numbers. Sure. He seems a little, little off to put it lightly, but then again, what single 30 year old dude doesn't have a little growing up to do, right? You think he might be slow, but maybe he's just slow to commit. You're not sure. He flags the waiters down to order some Cheerios this time. I'm ready for my snacky. Carter announces, you decide you've seen enough. I think it's time for me to go, you say, and stand up to leave. Go girl, run for the hills. We actually don't seem to have as much in common as I thought we would. No, he screams. You're literally convinced he's about to throw a temper tantrum. Listen. We have more in common than you think. I've done my research on you. You go to the Natural History Museum every Friday. And I'm going through this phase where I like to pretend I'm a dinosaur. You run marathons. And I just learned how to do a cartwheel. You're fluent in French. Guess what? I know pig Latin. Oye, our way, beautiful bay. It means... You cut him off. I know what it means. I went to summer camp when I was five. You're beautiful, he cries out as you head very quickly to the exit. You allow yourself one final glance back at Carter's handsome, albeit weirdly blank face. He looks lost and lonely, unable to function without some sort of mother figure involved. You sigh. You feel a tinge of guilt mixed with a motherly instinct to want to tuck him into bed on your bosom, hopefully, and read him a little nighttime story. Plus, he is really hot. You stop in your tracks. Would you like to come home with me tonight? You ask him as you approach the table. Maybe, but only if you have Pringles. Moral of the story, it ends up being inexplicably the best sex of your life. Babies can fuck, I guess. Who would have thunk? Next up is the fact that you may be technically considered a stalker of things to the internet and social media platforms and trends in general, honestly. It's it's not so it's not such a normal thing to do a background check on someone, even if you have the capability and tools to do so via the internet. Look, we are all stalkers. It's just the nature of the beast. One second, you're casually checking to see if you and a dude have any mutual friends on Facebook. And the next thing you know, you've connected with his mom on LinkedIn. It's not your fault. There is so much information out there and you'd be an idiot not to look at it, right? This bitch is not about to be catfish. Oh, hell no. If one day your dead body gets washed up in a river somewhere with the fingerprints of that new dude you started dating all over you, it's going to be your fault if you never did a brief Google search and discovered that YouTube video of his Nickelback cover band performing at a jabroni convention. You would have run for your life weeks before your gruesome death. Hello, I'm doing this for self-preventative care. All of this stalkery is not limited to simply searching the web, though. There is a reason why, when you hear about a drive-by on the news, you just assume it involves a girl in an idling car and her potential boyfriend's apartment. But generally, actual stalkery and the dangers that come with it, someone seeing you, are largely avoidable thanks to location-based apps that easily give you his whereabouts. Just remember to clear the history, okay? You're welcome. But moral of the story here, people, is curiosity killed the couple, not the cat, the couple. You heard me. 
you should make fine a moderate search of the web, social media, etc., before a date if you really want to. And like and that's to make sure he isn't on any most wanted list or have a huge criminal background or pedophilia or whatever. You know, the he's not the long-term ex-boyfriend of a friend or a friend of your ex-boyfriend's or worse, there's just no information about him whatsoever. He's not on social media. He's just in basically in witness protection program because you can find literally nothing about him. Does he even exist? If that happens, probably just delete his number and block him immediately. Okay. You might have a Leonardo DiCaprio catch me if you can situation on your hand. Although he is really hot in this, that movie. Digging too deep is just going to make you look creepy. Okay. He somehow it, he will find out or something will happen. You, you might not even realize that you're being creepy until you accidentally suggest on a first date. Do you want to get dessert? They have peach cobbler and isn't that your favorite? When your date gives you a confused, how did you know that? Stare. Do you really want to fess up to the fact that you saw his mom's Facebook post making my son's favorite dessert, peach cobbler, from over two years ago? Learn too much about him the old-fashioned way by talking. Next. Okay, next on our list is you don't own your look. We've kind of had our style fashion episode before where we talked about image and what to wear and the clothes that you need to have to build an adult woman's closet. But first of all, no one is forever 21 forever. You know what I mean? There's a time limit for that. And there's not necessarily a set age for everyone, but you definitely need to kind of keep that in mind that it's not, you're never, you don't want to be the woman who dresses like a teenager when she's 50 years old. Okay. You need to own your look and pull it off with classiness. I wish people didn't judge a book by its cover, but a cover is also how you tell the difference between war and peace and a My Little Pony coloring book. While it's bad enough that those around you are going to make insta judgments based on how you're dressing, you're going to be doing yourself a disservice if you're trying to pull off a look that just isn't you and you're just doing it because it's trending or because your friends do it or whatever. Doing this will only make you look like you're having a quarter life crisis or whatever, any age crisis, which look, if you've got it, flaunt it, wear 21 type clothing until you're, you know, whatever age you, you can't pull it off anymore. But keep in mind that the type of guys you attract by dressing like a hoe bag are probably not nice, future worthy having men anyway. If the only difference between your slutty Halloween costume and your work outfit is, you know, a hat, uh, whether it's a sexy cop or sexy witch or whatever, you might need to start rethinking your wardrobe. Refer back to that episode. Like I said, moral of the story is that 21 year old feathers do not make 21 year old birds. Yes. I just made up that antidote or comparison, whatever, but it makes sense. Let's talk through a few tips for finding clothes that will showcase your assets in the best way. Learn what is flattering on you. Again, reference that episode, clothing, apparel, build a woman's closet. No matter how skinny you are, everyone gets those mini vaginas in their armpits when you wear something strapless. Side note, learn also how to attract the type of men you are looking for. If that's men at auto shows, then wear booty shorts and bikini tops all the way, girl. 
do what you got to do, but just keep that in mind. Remember these things the next time you go to the mall looking for that hot date night outfit and see a pair of checkered skin tight leather pants in the window. You're not sure about them, but you start to think that maybe if you pair them with a beanie and some wool socks, they'll be a little more subtle and you can totally pull them off. Maybe, maybe not. We're going to go with not. But at the end of the day, the important thing to take home here is you do you, boo. Mm. Our next issue is that you're too concerned with a timeline. You're, you worry about it constantly. You, Nobody has, there's not one universal correct timeline. That's the beauty of life. You need to let go of trying to control it and stressing all the stress that that involves. Like any motivational poster or phrase will tell you, we're all like snowflakes. Each person is unique. This means each timeline is unique too. Think about it. Before you have a meltdown as you approach, insert whatever age you've deemed unacceptable for being single, remember that it could be this exact anxiety that is creeping people the fuck out about you. You're worrying about things that you have zero control over. The way a dog can smell fear or pregnancy, people can smell desperation. If one person meets the love of her life at 19 and another meets that person at 45, does it mean that one's happier than the other? Maybe, but if it does, then they, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's not your life to worry about. You need to focus on making great memories and having adventures that you can re- remember back, reminisce back on between each milestone that you, you have. Okay. Cue the next freaking motivational poster of a puppy and exploring the great nature and beyond. Moral of the story, people, don't plan your chicken's wedding before it hatches. While I'm sure you have a great idea for a choreographed first dance for your wedding that you know will go viral, hold up, sister. Ask yourself this. Would I rather be engaged to someone who isn't ready and is unsure about this relationship thing just for the sake of nailing my timeline dates? Or would I rather wait for the right person and enter into a happy relationship or marriage with confidence on both sides. Think about it. You may be tempted to start dropping hints with your man. That's fine. That's cool. A conversation about what you want for the future is okay to have. It's important. The waving your hand in his face and telling him that if he likes it, then he better put a fucking ring on it is probably not the most tactful approach. No offense, B. Queen B. Almighty Beyonce. My bad, but still great song, bad approach in life. Baby making is also another common stress point on your, on most women's timelines because, and, and it's also kind of a conflicting topic because people, women especially can be pretty divided on this milestone for some who have likely witnessed more than their fair share of screaming children at a restaurant kids are not part of this perfect package. For others, they will only date a guy if his last name sounds good with the names they've already chosen for their future children together. For those in the latter category, remember this. We are living in the future. There are so many choices for having children later in life. Freeze your damn eggs or adopt. There's all tons of kids out there that need homes. Whatever. 
You can get a kid whenever you want to. Go to the black market in Zimbabwe. You'll find one. I'm talking about creating, you know, we, we're talking about creating a new living being, breathing human being with someone. Is this really something you want to rush into with a guy who might not be in the picture in a few years? No, it's more expensive than IVF when you're 43. A custody battle with some douchebag you let inseminate you too early on just to meet your timeline. The only time it's okay to rush your conception if you're trying to plan so that you start to show around Halloween and can incorporate the baby bump into your costume, or if you live in a hot climate and you don't want to be pregnant in the middle of the summer, that is an okay thing to plan. I support that. And I think you're smart. My hat's off to you, bitch. Another thing that you may be doing wrong when it comes to relationships or dating is avoiding conflict. Really, this could apply in any aspect of life, not limited just to romance. Both men and women are guilty of avoiding conflict for different reasons. Men are usually not the best communicators and women fear being labeled needy, nags, or shrews. Thanks a lot, guys, for the great, great nicknames. Really appreciate it. On top of the instinct to want to keep disagreements and conflict at bay to a minimum, it's never been easier to avoid conflict thanks to technological advancements. While these inventions have given us access to instant communication with anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyplace, etc., they've also given us the not-so-gift of countless ways to elude each other if needed or if wanted. From a safe distance, we text away furiously and angrily or email or DM our loved ones in order to address the most awkward and complex of life issues. Why are you not answering my text messages? So important. If Adam and Eve could have screened a call from Jesus or God after that Apple debate debacle, whatever, there's no doubt they would have. Point here, guys, takeaway. If you can't stand the heat... Have a heart-to-heart about lowering the temp. The answer here is to follow your fear. Sure, face-to-face conflict can be terrifying because you might get yelled at, ah, and you might have to yell, ah, but this kind of communication involves the benefit of both actual in-person verbal and social cues. Nothing can be lost in translation is what that means, basically. That means no hinting, no ominous dot, dot, dots, just straight up talking. Remember that? Instead of sending emojis and question marks, you can just say what it is that's on your mind, okay? We don't have to act like cavemen and send only symbols via text. We actually need to talk to one another and get over our fear of conflict. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. Say something. On a more somber note, maybe your issue is you can't get over your ex. Been there, done that, sister. Almost everyone has. Maybe you're having an extended recovery period, like years. How long it takes to get over an ex is going to be different for everyone. No matter who did the breaking up with, whether it was you breaking up with him or vice versa, it can 
still, regardless, takes some time to recover. Being in a relationship is kind of like creating your own little country or world that has its own language and customs and policies. Once you leave this coupledom, you have to then adapt and deal with essentially culture shock. It's wise to take your time when it comes to meeting new guys because your brain is still running on couple time. You need to wait a bit to get over it. However, if your breakup occurred so long ago that, for example, there is an entirely new cast on SNL or, you know, years have gone by, what you're probably staying a bit too long at the pity party, my friend. So what do you do? Basically, the longer you live in the past, the less future hot dudes you're going to have to enjoy. What's going to help you the most is ridding yourself of any past mementos or memories that you hold on to about you and your ex. Things that you should, things that need to be implemented ASAP. You don't need to be seeing each other for a while after break, breaking up, at least six months, I'd say. You need to block him on Facebook, your phone, unfollow his Twitter and Insta, unsnap his chat and whatever, get, get rid of him, erase him from your social media and your communication platforms. Don't show up and haunt essentially old places because you think he might be there. If you two had mutual friends, don't grill them for information. You can still hang out with them, but maybe sparingly at first, cause that's going to remind you of him, but you can't give them the third degree about who's he dating? What's he doing? Blah, blah, blah. After some time passes, you guys could potentially be able to quote unquote be friends, but in the immediate future, being friends is going to wind up code for hooking up and then crying when he eventually gets a new girlfriend, which he's going to do because you're both single and it happens eventually. It's called a post-relationship relationship and it happens every time. You may think you're just being friendly by keeping this lines of communication open with your ex, but the less you know, the better. It's the only way to move on. Trust me. Wow. Just wow. Next is your next issue. Man, I sound a little harsh, but hey, I'm just trying to help bitches. The next issue is that you want a rom-com type of romance. Guess what, people? The movies lie. In a rom-com, streets are mysteriously wet on a perfectly sunny day. The leading man never wakes up with horrendous morning breath or a boner and then, you know, tries to poke you in the ass with it when you don't, when you're not feeling it. And your, your romantic competition never turns out to be actually a really sweet, pretty girl with no master plan to embarrass your life and ruin it. The silver screen is not the standard to which you should hold your own romantic relationship expectations, okay? You're not beauty from Beauty and the Beast. He didn't get you at hello. And sometimes you need to put fucking baby in a corner for her own good. On a smaller scale, you may be tempted to compare your relationship to the perfect ones you see on social media and try to model yours after their seemingly rom-com ready romances. Here's the thing. No one's, and we've touched on this before, but no one's Instagram's photos of their awkward first, no one, no one Instagram's photos of their awkward first dates or their divorce court hearings or their custody battles. A picture may 
be worth a thousand words. But in the case of Instagram, all those words are dirty lies because they're lying by omitting the photo in the first place. Point being here, you can't always get what you watch. Do you like my puns this episode? I feel like I'm on a roll. If you enter into a relationship with a playbook of exa- or a script of exactly what moves a guy should make, you will always be let down. Relationships are like more like an improv scene. You can attempt to try to guide it, but how a person actually responds and what they say back to you is out of your control. If you've ever sat through a bad comedy improv set, you know that watching an actor Force his agenda leads to a really painful experience for everyone involved. If you enter a scene with the entire scenario mapped out ahead of time, you're going to always be sorely disappointed with your scene. Not always, but most of the time disappointed with your partner when he, you know, he's, he's not going to say what you want to basically. Okay. Your most successful relationship could very well look absolutely nothing like what you had initially thought it would be as you dreamed up in your head as your perfect romance. It's not going to be a romantic comedy because it's real life, but most of the time, you guys, real life can even be better than anything a script can put on your movie screen. Okay? Okay! The next potential issue that you may have on our list is that you are obsessed with relationship labels. This is far too common, ladies. Shaking my head, SMH. You get caught up in the pre-relationship limbo dance. When it comes to romance, the right guy can turn even the coolest of cool chicks into a raving mad, insecure lunatic. You're great in every other way. You got a promotion at work. You can rock a backwards baseball cap. One of the few girls who can still look good doing that. And you have a trending Instagram photo and you just gained a thousand followers in a day. Whatever. But all it takes is meeting that special guy and you hit what you perceive to be the make it or break it point, And suddenly your mantra from the time you open your eyes in the morning until you rest your little head on your pillow at night is a constant. What are we? What are we? What are we? This tortured period for you can also be referred, like I said, to as the pre-relationship limbo, a dance with death slash dating. Other questions that tend to be common and pop up during this dance include, can we see other people? Where do you like see this going? How would you feel about meeting my parents when they're in town next week? Uh, I noticed that your Facebook relationship status still says single dot, dot, dot. You would think that with time and the wisdom of aging, this conversation gets easier to have. But the truth is, guys, is that the older you get, the trickier it actually is to navigate. Who would have thought? Moral of the story being, actions always speak louder than labels. Repeat that three times and ingrain it in your brain. Before you become preoccupied by your relationship status or label, recognize that everyone moves at a different speed and pace, and some guys take the boyfriend label more seriously than others. Some might want more time before committing to someone, but once they do, it could be they could be amazing boyfriends, and they will have no problem staying faithful and agree not to see other people. Listen. 
the, the thing that irritates me and I know irritates most women is when a guy just won't commit, but you're acting boy, like boyfriend and girlfriend and you, you won't, he dodges questions regarding other sleeping with others. It's so dumb. And it's basically like you're asking for melted cheese bread instead of a grilled cheese. But hey, at least you still got the sandwich. They won't admit to be in a relationship with you, but they act like it. So it's, you gotta, you gotta decide if you can live with that or not. The important thing is how good the sandwich is though. So in other words, I'll stop with the lean metaphors and break it down for you. Focus on the quality of your relationship before you focus on what you actually call it. At the end of the day, labels only go so far. Labeling someone isn't always what locks them down or makes them faithful. There are boyfriends who act like jerks and there are, I don't know what we are, who treat you like a queen and are so faithful. Just like how you can't trust that all natural label on a box of fruit snacks that actually contain like formaldehyde and poison, the label of boyfriend is nothing more than a fancy brand package. Only you know what's inside. Ah, wise guy, huh? And finally, rounding out our list of issues that you have when it comes to love, the love language and all involved, is you are not willing or able to compromise. You don't know how, maybe. You're supposed to be different. The Spice Girls spent a lot of time and energy singing about when two become one. While they are so widely recognized for their sound dating advice, I want to really, really, really want to zig zig ha is a phase, phrase, by the way, that has saved so many marriages. Wink. To become one is actually not very wise or advisable in a healthy relationship. Differences keep things interesting and compromising keeps you both happy and with smiles on your pretty little faces. If you're feeling down about disagreements, just remember those contrasting ideas, thoughts, and opinion of opinions combined are what makes a relationship a relationship and different from living life alone, where you drink directly out of a milk carton and no one ever leaves the toilet seat up or makes you turn off dancing with the stars or real housewives because they think it's trash or want to go to sleep. Blah, blah, blah. The point here is you shouldn't want to date yourself because that gets boring. You do you, boo. Let him do him. Just treat each other with respect and know how to compromise. Takeaway here, it is better to bend than to break up for the most part. If you love someone, you should understand that their opinion on something is valid, even if it's valid and wrong in your mind. Subjectivity. There are not many arguments or disagreements that are incapable of being resolved by compromising and finding some kind of a middle ground. If you don't resolve these issues in the moment, they're going to resurface when you least expect them. And it's not going to be good. Okay. This means compromising on the little things like what kind of food you order from the Thai, if you order from the Thai place or the Indian or whether you watch season two of Breaking Bad or season one of Shameless and on the bigger stuff like family, money, religion, sex, etc. 
Fulfilling the other person's needs does not mean you have to sacrifice your own. If he cares about you, he'll be just as motivated to accommodate to your wants and needs as well. And you guys will meet in the middle and live happily ever after. (laughs) That will do it for our episode of Girl Speaks Truth, all about things you may be doing wrong in love. Hopefully this helps solve any issues you have and gets you on the straight and narrow towards being a normal and valuable partner in any relationship. As always, don't forget to give me feedback via Anchor, send me a voice message. I love those. Those are my fave. Or leave a five-star review on iTunes, iPodcast, whatever it's called, if you enjoyed this or found it remotely funny. And then hit me up slash follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Girl Speaks True. And again, Gemma Stone, your host. You can also email me at Gemma at girlspeakstruth.com if you want to collaborate on anything or have a question, request, etc. So hit me up on the regular, bitches. See you next time. Goodbye to the haters. I ain't got time to save you while you're running your mouth. She getting paper. Till next time, we gon' see you later. Three rules. Don't be a floozy. Don't act broke. Don't look busted. Now you getting what you want. You the cool girl and they all disgusted. Girl Speaks Truth with Gemma Stone. Next up on our list is you text like a ridiculous teenager talking like you're a teen. Listen, um, I get, I, I get that everybody abbreviates these days and I am a fan of it. I say perf literally all the time to my boyfriend's chagrin. Um, but one too many laughing tongue faced emojis, hilarious, LOLs, and you're going to blow your own cover because no one really laughs that much. You're a grown ass, intelligent woman with, you know, a job and a plan, yada, yada, yada. Don't turn into a teenager when you talk to people. Sure. It's funny to send your friend the peach emoji when she's talking about going up a pant size, because that emoji looks like a butt just so that you're, we're clear. But you also want to probably, you know, say that you're kidding or if she knows you well enough to know that you are, maybe say a few helpful, encouraging words about how beautiful she is, no matter what size, blah, blah, blah. It's one thing when though you, you don't want your one word text to make it feel like you're, you're talking to little John, like, yeah, what? Okay. But you just want to remember, you got to intersperse that with actual vocabulary words and not just say everything as a cut in half word of what it initially was like, whatevs, ofs, brill, try to throw in a full one every once in a while. Because point here is that less is sometimes not enough. There's no need to completely abbreviate everything in your life or ban abbreviations from your life, but it's important to know when they're appropriate, when you have texts that just become completely incomprehensible and stop yourself before you just sound, well, kind of dumb. It's fine to shorten things every now and then, as long as you don't go overboard, like the saying goes, use in moderation. Okay. Emoji adequate etiquette. Oh my God. I just pronounced it as etiquette. I always say that 
101, just a quick little lesson, the frowny faced emoji. It's okay to use that when talking about the weather. If it's really cold or really hot outside extreme, it's not okay to talk about, you know, conflict in the Middle East and just put that. That's belittling it. It doesn't come across right. Thumbs down emoji is okay if you think you got in trouble with your boss at work. It's not okay to use to convey the message that your grandpa died. The, the bag of money emojis. It's okay to say that, to use that to say, I got a raise. Again, not okay to say when grandpa dies. The two twin girls with the bunny ears and the dancing legs, the two dancing girls, I guess, better way to call it. Um, it's okay to use when you're talking to your girlfriend about can't wait for a girl's night. Not okay to send to your bestie because you think you might be a lesbian. The pill emoji. It's okay to use when you're saying that you have a bad headache or a migraine. It's not okay to use when you're talking about your friend's overdose. The flame emoji. It's okay to use when you look hot tonight or your friend looks hot. It's not okay to say use instead of saying, help, my house is on fire. 911 does not recognize that, y'all.